welcome everyone back to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. Uh, Justin and I are actually both coming off of being sick earlier this week. So if our voices or if there's coughs, we apologize up front. Yeah. I, will, I am still sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I just took my first pill yesterday. So last Did night, you? Yeah. yeah. I was told to take, I don't know what it is because I haven't taken this drug before. And basically they mm-hmm. just said, take two of these it'll give you diarrhea but you'll start to feel better in like two or three days well so there you go Great. yeah well, i left thanks. i left work like halfway through the day on monday and tuesday i was pretty messed up yesterday i was feeling better and then today i'm feeling more like myself even though my voice hasn't kind of returned yet but it is what it is we push on yeah we're uh, getting there we'll get, we'll get hopefully, hopefully we have a bounce back after some two duds of reviews i i I'm pretty confident in the fact that we do, but you know, okay. we'll see. We'll see. And I went first last week, so it's your turn. What's new with you, Jay? Um, so first of all, I have been playing this. Uh, this is a. I cannot read Japanese. Yes, <laughs> I'm not that far along in my uh, <laughs> Duolingo. It is called City in Shadows. It is a Japanese-only kaiju horror game. Uh, I had to import it from Japan. Okay. And are you doing it for work? Yeah. Uh, it came out like I think it was like twenty. It says the date on here somewhere. I think it was like twenty nineteen or something like that. It came out a while ago. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's weird. It's really fucking weird. But it basically you start the game and within three minutes Ultraman is just attacking the city that you're in and you have to like try to survive him attacking uh, okay. it, it, it's really cool um, I know it's obviously hard to it, it's hard to work through because it's in Japanese yeah, you don't speak Japanese yeah. yeah but I just have like Google Glass up and it just like translates the words for me so oh, nice. so it kind of works um, but other than that um, I've been playing some stuff I can't talk about which is mm-hmm. kind of the way it goes. Um, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything. Oh, I finished watching The Dark Knight with my son today. And? Oh, he loved it. Uh, we went okay. right on to Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Because, uh, like, last week we watched Batman Begins. He's, like, going through a whole Batman thing right now, and I'm here for it. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. And although he did tell me that tomorrow, so Friday nights he gets to stay up later than my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um and we can like basically watch whatever he wants, kind of thing. So he told me tomorrow he wants to watch Deadpool. So, ooh, okay, sure, all right, <laughs> like fuck it, whatever. Um, and other than that, I just I've been working like crazy. I it's been a very long week, uh, and I am looking forward to the weekend where I can continue I to work more. <laughs> so yeah, what about yourself, Larry? So what's to do with me? For TV, uh, next episode, Next Level Chef, just watching that, you know. Uh, movies, I saw a couple. Uh, me and Devin went and saw Poor Things. Okay, how was it? A uh, lot of sex. Okay. Very, very feminist. Um, it was good. Um, I don't like the way the director shoots his movies. He's the same director who did uh, The Favorite and The Lobster. I'm just not, like... He just does weird things, yeah, but yeah. Okay. It, it's a beautiful movie. The costumes are fantastic, and Emma Stone is great, so I liked that. We went and saw Argyle. Um, I know you've yes. already seen it. Yep. I don't want to spoil it. I will just say, 
like we talked about, it jumped the shark, <laughs> yep. and, then, and then jumped it again, uh, and then it ended up in outer space. <laughs> it was that kind of, that kind of movie, um, but it was fun. Uh, I watched House of Wax, obviously, and then I watched the movie Rambo, which is the fourth in the Rambo series. Um, very gory. Yeah. I forgot how gory that movie was. Yeah, I, that's really the only one I like remember a lot for some reason. I think it's just because it's the yeah. last one I watched, like when it came out. Yeah, see, I saw it in theaters too. It's it's graphic. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's the dude's throat out. Yeah, it didn't because how many uh, Rambo movies are there? Five or six? There's five. There's one more. It's okay. I got. It's come from the library. It's Rambo: Last Blood. So he's gonna die, or. I don't know. Okay. I have I have no idea. Uh, and then games, we played Remnant Records. Oh, we yes, that's Patrol. right. Patrol, me, Justin, Shannon, and Rachel. That was fun. I liked that more than Faz. As you asked me, I beat Final Bar Line. Mm-hmm. And what do, you, what do you think of, like, the... I loved it. Yeah, the, like, the final, like, remix of, like, basically every Final Fantasy game in one it song. beautiful. Yeah. Like, just... For that alone, it's worth the cost of admission, and I I just had so much fun with it. I could see myself spending a ton of time with it, and it's like I think I already have like fifteen hours because I'm playing every song, yeah. and I made five different teams doing different like for different things, and I just had an absolute blast. And then the final thing is my wife surprised me, and got me a PS Five Slim. Oh, it is a Slim for my it is a Slim for my birthday. Uh, oh, how did you figure out it was a Slim? Uh, I got an email from Best Buy congratulating me on my PS5 Slim. <laughs> so it is, it's smaller than mine. Okay. That's small? Oh, dude. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's fucking huge. <laughs> but it's beautiful, and all I've been playing is Final Fantasy, six, Final, Final Fantasy 16. I downloaded the demo for 7, but I want to wait till closer to that game coming out, because I just want to all my time in the 16 i know you said beat it before it comes out yeah so it lets you skip some stuff yeah let's you skip some stuff and you get some unlocks uh as well as they are adding another section on february 21st okay i think you can skip when you get to that point again so just okay so before then then okay i was was planning on playing up to avid children anyway so that's fine uh then i downloaded the silent hill game Oh, so, uh, uh, short message. Mem- short message. Yeah. Shattered so Memories I- is the Wii one. Ah, uh, yes, which we played. Yes. Right? No, 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 we didn't play that one. No, we didn't play that one. No. Uh, and then books, I finished Priest. That was the smut for book club. How was it? Now you can tell me. It was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, the ending was the worst because the characters just do dumb things. It kind of turned into a rom-com, like that kind of dumb, and just kind of betray what the characters were i finished nothing but blackened teeth which we'll be doing for an episode of the pod here in short order uh and then what i'm currently reading is dead as a doornail it's the sookie stackhouse novel and then reading murtaugh which is the sixth or fifth um aragon book okay and then the next book club book is called a sand county almanac my friend ethan picked another environmental nonfiction book it is less pretentious, but it is still... Dry? Yes. It is... V- I read 20 pages, and I was like, oh, well, this is better than a melatonin. 
Shit. But, <laughs> but yeah, and the only other kind of thing is that my friend Steven and I were playing some more Dark Souls 2 on Saturday. Devin, it's actually like a play date. She's dropping me off at his house before she goes to work because she has to work on Saturdays now because of tax season. And we're just going to play some more of that. God damn, I gotta get. I have to dive into that soon. It's downloaded. Steven told me, told me he would tell me to let you know when we're halfway. Okay. Because with his schedule of med school and everything, and obviously with Lydia coming, like we just don't have a lot of time, so and, we aren't rushing. Yeah. Okay, cool. But with that, do you wanna do you wanna dive on into this movie review? Hell yeah! All right, let's. Hey everybody, happy Halloween from Turner Classic Movies. I'm Ben Mankiewicz. By the early 1950s, the relatively new medium of television was beginning to change the way Americans were entertained. TV had grown enough that it was considered a viable threat to the motion picture industry. Why would people pay to go to a movie when they could sit at home, pop some popcorn, and be entertained in the comfort of their living room? The perception among many in the movie business was that they had to act and act fast if they were going to survive. One of the solutions was three-dimensional cinematography, 3D a look and feel to the screen that you couldn't get on a 19-inch black-and-white set at home. 3D was used to make a number of films in the 1950s, including our next selection, which we will be bringing you in fabulous 2D. From 1953, Vincent Price and Phyllis Kirk star in House of Wax. When Price was offered the lead, he already had another offer on the table. Jose Ferrer wanted him to star in a play he was directing on Broadway, We're No Angels. Price was very familiar with the theater, beginning his career on the stage and returning often, but in this case he turned Ferrer down and he made House of Wax. It was a story that had been told on film before, the 1933 Warner Brothers classic Mystery of the Wax Museum. But Warners felt it was time to remake that story and give it new life by shooting it in color and in 3D. The posters promised moviegoers that, quote, beauty and terror meet in your seat as every thrill of its story comes off the screen right at you. As with most 3D movies from the 50s, the 3D component was more hype than hit. From 1953, also featuring Carolyn Jones and a 32-year-old actor named Charles Bronson under his original name, Charles Buczynski. Here's House of Wax. House of Wax is a 1953 American mystery horror film directed by Andre de Toth. De Toth was a Hungarian... What's up? I have a quick question for you, and this might be later in your uh, trivia... Okay. Is this in any way based on the Twilight Zone episode with all the mannequins in the, um, like the store in the department store? I don't know. That didn't come up with any of my trivia either. I was just curious. I have no idea. I no. I just recently caught it. I for some reason I watched that episode. I don't remember why. Uh, okay. And that like I watched it like two or three days ago, and then I saw this. I was like, oh shit! I wonder if there's any connection. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Datov was a Hungarian-American director. Uh, interesting fact that he was unable to see this film in 3D because he had lost an eye at a very early age. Oh, okay. Yeah, other films that he directed included Last of the Comanches, and he was a second unit director for the first Christopher Reeve Superman movie. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, good for him. Uh, this is a remake, which I actually didn't know until I started doing this research, of another Warner Brothers film from 1933 called Mystery of the Wax Museum. I did not know that either. I just thought there was this one and the Paris Hilton one. So, <laughs> Oops. so 
It stars Vincent Price as our wax artist. Uh, this is the first film on the podcast for the acclaimed actor, although the teacher from Frankenweenie is based off of him loosely. Uh, his films and iconic roles are way too many to list, but I want to note a couple, such as the original The Fly, House on Haunted Hill, The Tingler, The Last Man on Earth, which is what uh, that movie with Will Smith, what's that called, the vampire virus? Uh, I Am Legend. I Am Legend, yes, thank you. Uh, and he was also in a ton of movies based around Poe books, uh, such as Mask of the Red Death. Um, some fun facts about Price is he voiced Professor Radigan in The Great Mouse Detective. Okay. Which I didn't know. Uh, his final film was as the scientist who created Edward Scissorhands. And he narrated Michael Jackson's thriller video. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, also, he was Egghead on the Adam West Batman show. Kinda okay. Tie it back to what your son's getting into right now. Okay, okay. Premiered on April 10th, 1953, where it became the first 3D feature film with stereophonic, think stereo, uh, in a regular theater, and it is the first color 3D feature film from a major American studio. The first black and white feature length 3D film was called Man in the Dark, which premiered two days before House of Wax did. Interesting. I wish I had a way to see this in 3D. I know. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, in 2014, Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the film registry and shot on a budget of $1 million. It grossed 23.8 at the box office. Some trivia. Right before the shoot, Andre de Toss crew set three spot fires in strategic locations. Then the cameras started rolling and everything went downhill. The team quickly lost control of the fires which merged into a massive inferno that put a hole in the soundstage roof and singed Vincent Price's eyebrows. But because the rapidly melting wax mannequins would have been very hard to replace, Toth kept filming even as firemen arrived to help put out the flames. Okay. So that was a real inferno that they were filming at the beginning of the movie. Nedrick Young, who plays the alcoholic assistant of Leon, Vincent Price's character. Oh, sorry. He plays the assistant Leon to Vincent Price's character. It's uncredited because he was blacklisted due to Joseph McCarthy's Red Scare era in Hollywood. Vincent Price liked to attend screenings of the film Incognito. As the thespian once told biographer Joel Eisner, he'd regularly go out and see House of Wax during its run. Happily for Price, the required 3D glasses could usually conceal his identity in the back of a dimly lit theater. But one night, he decided to make his presence known. At a showing in New York City, Price quietly took a seat behind two teenagers. After a particularly frightening scene, he leaned forward and asked, Did you like it? And in Vincent Price's own words, they went right into orbit. <laughs> the scene where Paul Pickerney is rescued from the guillotine by Frank Lovejoy seconds before the blade came down was filmed in one take using a real guillotine blade. Piccarini and director Andre de Toth got into a heated argument when Piccarini, on advice from the film's stuntman, refused to do the scene as it was too dangerous. A prop man was to hold up the blade off camera and tell the actors when he dropped it so they could yank him away. Detoth threw him off the picture, but several days later, on orders from the studio head Jack Warner, Detoth recalled him and had the prop department modify the guillotine to make it less dangerous. 
After examining the guillotine, Piccarini said he would do one take and no more, which is exactly what happened. <laughs> Could you imagine decapitating one of your actors? <laughs> I, yeah, like, what the fuck? Warner Brothers' restoration of this film for 3D Blu-ray cost $300,000. The original negatives were unusable because of water damage, and the Warner Phonics stereo soundtrack no longer existed. Although Bela Lugosi did not appear in this film, he did help promote it. The film's world premiere was held at the Paramount Theater in L.A. As a publicly as a publicity stunt, Lugosi was invited to attend the big event. Clad in a vampire's cape, he emerged from his limousine with a chain leash, which was attached to an actor in an ape costume, an homage to Bela Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. That is a movie. Okay. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> okay. So, plot summary for this film. Uh, Vincent Price has a beautiful wax museum where he yeah. spends a ton of time making amazing statues, but his business partner wants out. Uh, Price has secured another person, but the business partner wants out sooner than that, and so he decides to burn it down against Vincent Price's wishes. He beats up Vincent Price and leaves him to die as he burns the thing down for insurance fraud. Uh, I think it said seven months pass, and uh, Vincent Price kills the insurance investor by hanging him in a elevator shaft. Which is fucking dark. <laughs> and then Vincent Price also kills this woman who he has been dating, who was yep. the fiance of his business partner. Uh, and we come to find out that Vincent Price has made himself a wax max, wax mask to cover his burns from the incident. And what he is doing is he is taking real bodies of dead people at the time and covering them in wax and then making statues out of that with the help of his assistants because his hands have been burned uh, too much to be able to do the artwork himself. He becomes obsessed with the girl's roommate and starts chasing her down because he wants her to be his new... Uh, wasn't Joan of Arc. Who was it? The well, queen? No, it wasn't it Joan of Arc. No, Joan of Arc was the friend. Oh, um, Mary... It's not Mary Magdalene. That's what I want to no. say, but no, it's not right. <laughs> okay, Justin Google. checks it for me. Uh, and basically, the, uh, the girl starts to piece together what's actually happening. Um, it is at this point where she tries to break in to discover what's happening, and Vincent Price captures her and strips her down and is going to pour hot wax over her still-alive body. Uh, her boyfriend kind of character and the cops break in, throw Vincent Price into the hot wax vat. Yes, who was it? Uh, Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette, thank you. Um, Joan of Arc was the friend. The friend, yes. Uh, throws Vincent Price into the whack, the hot wax bath, similar to the Joker a little bit. Kind of got some Joker vibes from Tim Burton's Batman. And uh, they escape uh, and kind of ends right after that yeah it just kind of ends yeah like she talks they give her um her fake head that the guy made basically. that's right yeah yeah and uh man that's it oh that's that's all <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> just kind of ends so um so for plot then i thought at first that he was already using human bodies so i thought that 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 wasn't what was going on was kind of cool 
Yeah. Um, because that wasn't what was happening in the only House of Wax that I remember, which is, like you said, the Paris Hilton one. Um, wax dolls are always pretty creepy, and so, like, to see them and to see, like, the details and everything, because they made a comment when he was trying to get the new investors about how the eyes are following him, and I thought that he was definitely using humans at that point, but he wasn't. Yeah. Um, I think this kind of continues to go on, and I like... There was no real mystery. I think we knew that Vincent Price was killing people and everything. Like, I I never didn't think it was him. It no, I was just wondering, wait, what, what do you think? I didn't think there was really any mystery. I think it was pretty clear Vincent Price was our bad oh, guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was more like... I guess there was some, like, up front, but as soon as he was reintroduced, it was like, okay, yeah, it's yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. Like... And even when we first see the person kill the old, the other owner, I kind of assumed it was him. But yeah, yeah, there so was yeah, like no, I said, I guess there, you're right. Yeah, there was no like real mystery behind it. Yeah, but that didn't take away from the movie. Like it's less than an hour and a half long. It's fast paced. Uh, we'll get to the acting and cinematography and stuff here in a bit. But I found myself having a good time. Maybe that was because we were coming off of. <laughs> a couple of duds yeah probably because I, I like i don't know i i'm kind of in the same boat like i i i did really enjoy like the the pacing was really well mm-hmm. done and like there was a lot of interest in it even though the mystery wasn't really a mystery for us yeah it was intriguing to see the characters go through the mystery in their world and slowly realize what was going on. Yeah, and I don't know. It just feels a lot, a lot better than the last movie Endgame we did. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, for cons, I, I I think it's more just that. I mean, it's a period piece, and we get the cinematography. There were some things done for three D, which we'll talk about, which I kind of mm-hmm. think took away. Like think about the guy at the paddle. Oh, the so other than that, like because I agree that th- that doesn't work anymore. Obviously. Um, I don't think it even did. It does whenever 3D movies try it now or a couple years ago. But also the fourth wall breaking Mm -hmm. didn't, I mean, it didn't really happen a lot, but when it did, because it was with like that pinball guy or not the pinball, the uh, The paddleboard, the paddleboard guy, he was talking to us as the audience. And even he, like, it doesn't help that he was kind of disinterested. He's like, oh, yep, there it is in your popcorn bowl. Okay, now I'm going to walk over here. Like, he just, yeah, like... it was, yeah, exactly. And the intermission was kind of fun. I mean, I wish some of these Martin Scorsese three hour, three and a half hour, four hours would have an intermission. So it was cool that they included that. Um, but overall, I think this was a fun period piece. Um, I, I don't think the plot is necessarily the strongest part of this film. Yeah. Um, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, I would agree. After the last couple we did. So I gave it a 7. I also gave it a 7. Cinematography. Um, I kind of come and go with this. I'm in the same boat. Um, mostly because I think they do start really strong. I like the like iconography. The, the iconography of like wax melting is always really mm-hmm. cool to me. Uh, and I think it's done really well here. Knowing it was a real fire that was actually a real threat, and they would do that all in one take. And it's fucked up. <laughs> and you could like I didn't I I I didn't know if it was Price just being a great actor because that's what he's known for, right? Mm-hmm. But like 
the fear in his eyes when watching his creations get destroyed and everything. It's because like, they're, they're <laughs> everything was literally on fire. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. Like that scene was fantastic. The the murder when he threw him down the elevator shaft was pretty brutal for a fifties movie, I thought. Yeah. Dude, I think and, that would might even be brutal like now. Yeah, Especially when it, was, it comes back to like in the wax museum and it's just like the same scene there. just like sitting in front of you. Yeah. And no one like cares. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of out of place amongst all these historic figures, but alright. <laughs> um So that was really good. I liked when she broke his wax mask. Yeah, I agree. And it like came like I his The way it face. tore off. The way his, yeah. it tore off and like even how his face looked was like looked good for the fifties. Like I, yeah, I think I, I totally that actually agree. looks pretty good like even now. Um yeah. Yeah, there's like a, there was a lot of cool stuff, but like the three D I, I am not a fan of three D movies. I never really have been. Um in fact the last one I saw, which I think was Alice in Wonderland from Tim Burton, like made me sick. Why I wouldn't see it. See I it. I liked some 3D movies, but never really like loved them. And this <laughs> just goes to show that even seventy the original, years right? Ago, yeah, yeah, seventy-one years ago, it still was not my jam. Yeah, and I mean, I I can appreciate the like the cinematographic skill i guess that went into it and breaking that new ground and being the first to do it i can respect that and like that but it's just not my cup of tea and i the biggest problem i have with 3d is when they obviously take away from the film yeah to like do the stunts the paddleboard guy being the worst there was a scene with like a poker or a knife or something that kept being like poked around and stuff and it's just very obvious what they're trying to do and i always feel when you're shooting a 3D film, you're taking away from the storytelling. You're taking away from the, the scenes. I mean, like this one, as far as the break the fourth wall, right? Yeah. So, I just am not a fan of that. Yeah, I would. I mean, I completely agree. Like, I, yeah. But even yeah. with all that said, I thought it was really impressive, and I gave it a seven and a half. The I give it an eight. Wax, the wa- waxing, waxing, the melting wax statues are great. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm still on some medicine. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> uh, audio. I want to get one thing out of the way, which is a con, and then dive into the pros. The score for this is very forgettable. Yeah, I would agree. It's like that 1950s. There's no, there's just nothing iconic about it. It mm-hmm. you could throw a bunch of 50s scores together. I would never have an idea. <laughs> yeah, but. I was telling Devin, I think I have a giant crush on Vincent Price. Oh, he's awesome. He's amazing. I didn't know how good looking he was and this the way he says his words and the way he like even before he was like crippled in the chair from the fire, like this the way he moved around and talked to people. Uh he just commands all the scenes. And even though I thought some of the other acting wasn't like up to his level in other films we've seen that where one person steals the show in this one it's like he elevated everybody else like he was just so great and so mesmerizing that i was not even paying attention to the other people i was just sitting there enjoying what vincent price gave us and i know we have a couple more of his films later on in the season uh, the fly in particular comes to mind 
but I don't know, man. Like, I guess I just never... I haven't really gone back to watch a Vincent Price film outside of, like, Edward Scissorhands, and even that, he's a smaller character. He's just amazing. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. He's... Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic in this. Like, it's incredible, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he... It's also to the point where, like, he's... Anytime he is on screen, he is, like, commanding all of your presence. Like, he is, like all your attention is focused in on him and in yeah, not, I, like not in a bad way like it's it's amazing yeah, i would agree I, like yeah um yeah. i will say i'd like uh, the fainting woman syndrome especially her friend oh oh she fainted oh here have some smelling something thank you um i thought about you the whole time that was going on i was like jesus fucking christ got me now and there was no <laughs> vincent price to save it yeah it was uh <laughs> I mean that that definitely drags it down for me especially because it's like in a very serious movie yes so it, it kind of really weirdly like offset it a lot um it did even compared to like when she's running away from him earlier it she, that is like a serious take right like she is running away she's scared for her life and it and it comes across that way. it was actually really well i actually really like that actress yeah but, but man those those, her like, friend was rough yeah yeah like uh, the very ditzy blonde like the, the yeah. laugh i think was the worst the <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. yeah uh yeah there's there is definitely like some overacting uh done mm-hmm. here that kind of brought it down for me because I, I mean i've said it a million times now uh that stuff really bugs me but like overall really it was some really fucking good acting in this movie like yeah i totally agree i actually ended up being this would be my highest score i gave it an eight and a half i gave it an eight uh especially like i really like the cops too which is weird yeah they weren't they weren't dumb yeah like they put two and two together and when the woman came to them and was like this is what happened unlike her boyfriend suitor or whatever who was like ah you're crazy they were like okay yeah we'll check it out like okay yeah, he's like, okay, there's, I mean, we can't hurt to look into it. Exactly. You know, being a fucking Unlike human Unlike the being. cops in every single Halloween movie, except for Donald yeah. Pleasance. Yeah. Uh, how scary? Um, I can take I do this th- if you want. Please, please, please. Yeah, um, I actually think this does a really good job of, like, showing the horror that, like, a, just a fucking person over the edge can do. Um, mm-hmm. Because not only... Are there like genuinely pretty graphic for the fifties murder scenes? Mm-hmm. Um, but then just to like have them displayed is like really fucked up. Uh, like, and, and, and they show them off the people and kind yeah. of throw it in their face that like they don't know. It's, it's yeah, like it's presented to them in a like, oh, I'm better than you, and you just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really fucked up. And then like at the end when he's going to turn our hero into uh, Marie Antoinette I almost forgot again the way he's going about it is like drugging her and then basically boiling her alive yeah stripping her down drugging her so she can't move and he's getting ready to pour that vat on her and the whole time there's a lot of tension built up like 
I didn't know because they were yeah. building it up very well because there's all those doors to get down to his basement lab to, yeah. to do well, what was And then even on. then, like, when the cops broke in, the servant didn't stop. He was, like, gonna... He Igor. Was, yeah, he was gonna keep trying to kill the person. He was, like, beating the cops up and, like... Yeah, I think this did a really good job of, like, showing the horror behind somebody who's just, like... Austin. And I think one of the other things, too, that really stuck out for me, we talked about, I think you hit the biggest thing on the head. We talked about the elevator murder scene. It was the opening scene of the wax models melting because I thought that they were real humans. Because I, I didn't know, right? That's what yeah, yeah. the Paris Hilton one was, right? That's what it was from the get-go. But this one, like, just watching the wax melt, there's something really terrifying about that like in a human form and like the disintegration and stuff it's why like in like indiana jones and the the first Ra- indiana jones Ra- raiders. raiders yeah when they open the box even though it's i mean it's kind of bad effects i guess but like the watching the dude's face melt it reminded me a lot of this and i was waiting for bones or something to come out and it wasn't there and i was really impressed that like they had me hook hooked on it and i think part of it too was vincent price his true horror of watching his life's work get ruined yeah i yeah i mean that is what like broke him right like that's yeah it threw him over the edge like it's man yeah i i think this is up there in some of some of the scariest stuff we've had this season um i gave it a six and a half justin i was really impressed yeah i gave it a six so i mean i'm right there with you all right, perfect. Let's review our scores. For plot, we both gave it sevens. For cinematography, I gave it a seven and a half. You gave it an eight. For audio, I gave it an eight and a half. You gave it an eight. And for how scary, I gave it a six and a half. You gave it a six. That gives it a here's Johnny final score of a 73, which, you know, isn't isn't anything to turn your nose up at. That's, that's not a bad score for this show. Um, let me figure out where it falls. Boom. Okay. Justin, it is tied with a few movies. It is tied with The Bride of Frankenstein, OG Frankenstein, Last Voyage of the Demeter, the original Resident Evil film, and Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. The movies below it are the Child's Play remake and Predator, and the movies above it are OG Evil Dead and Arachnophobia. I'm not going to lie, I kind of forgot that the child's play remake was a thing me too like it was there it was a thing we enjoyed it and then it hasn't been talked about since i mean they're doing really i i don't know if you've watched any of the chucky TV i've seen shows. season one okay I, I they are doing a really good job with that show like expanding the like main timeline i guess you could call it yeah but i'm 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 a little sad that that other one no went nowhere but i mean i guess i i get it yeah, it, it is what it is, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's a review of House of Wax. Stick around, and we're going to head on into the closing. So next week, we are going to double record. 
Yes. We are going to be doing the Jurassic Park book and the Jurassic Park movie. Um, I've already finished the book. Justin's getting ready to start it. Uh, I'll just give a little bit of a spoiler. I loved it. Uh, I love the movie, and I think these are going to be some two fun episodes to do. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, I don't think we're going to do uh, Patreon stuff for that. I don't know. What do you think? Because it is a double I'm not 100% sure, but I was going to also say we aren't doing Patreon stuff this week since Justin and I are still coming off of like being sick. Yeah, so, so maybe, is... maybe we'll do like a little one for both of them next week. Kind of yeah, thing. we can just find out. I'm sure there's a di- what, what kind of dinosaur quiz you are in BuzzFeed. Yeah. I would be shocked if there wasn't. Um, but no, I, I think this is a movie people should watch. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. Especially after the dud, you know, and I mean, Vincent Price is just fantastic. He's magic on screen. I am kind of um, sad we're not watching House of Wax like next week. I know. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I'm I'm looking at the schedule and maybe instead of nothing but black and teeth because I actually ended up not liking where that book ended up. Maybe okay. we'll just throw it in there. Okay. Cool. What if a pre-record episodes for when I'm out on paternity leave? So that works for me. Get a little parasol with the pipe to the head. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, but uh, but no, man, I I'm I'm happy that we bounced back. Uh, it's never fun reviewing bad things. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I have to cough again. I'm gonna mute myself. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. Ooh, it's a it's a rough day today. <laughs> you're totally fine. But uh. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Go watch House of Wax. Uh, Let us know what you think about Vincent Price. Um, And until (laughs) next week, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny Podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, You guys helped make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tiers. So head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later.